I'm Matt Hanna. And this is Horror Hour with the Hannas. Where we talk about all your favorite scary movies. In the wise words of bodies, 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 today's episode is a podcast where Matt hangs out with his smartest and funniest co-worker. <laughs> <laughs> so we got Felipe here, who <laughs> I work with. Felipe. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me, guys. We're engineers together. Now you really have to prove if you're actually smart after yes. that one. <laughs> Wait, who does? You Him or me? Oh, no. That's definitely not true. <laughs> well, today we are going to be talking about The Thing, which was a special Felipe request. He's been begging us to cover it, so we brought begging. him on for it. It is my favorite horror movie. I can't even ask you then. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> it is so good. Such a good movie. And would you say you like horror movies? No, I hate horror movies. <laughs> Except for this one. Yeah, this is this is a really good movie. It's not really horror. I mean, it's like... Just cool. We're counting it. Ugh. It's science it's John- fiction horror, but it's yeah. I don't think it's that <laughs> scary. I feel like it's scary because it is like suspenseful, and you're like just kind of waiting for something to happen or to figure out who is next. Yeah. So in that way, it's scary. But like having seen it before and knowing at least that one of them, or which two of them, I guess, isn't anything. I feel like the whole time I felt much more at ease. Than I did the first time. And whether it's horror or not, it has had extreme influence on the entire horror genre. Insane. Yeah. And Carpenter is one of the horror goats. So we give it to him. Yeah. Well, as Matt just said, it's directed by John Carpenter. It's a 1982 film. It was written by Bill Lancaster. And it's based off a novella called Who Goes There? It's starring Kurt Russell along with a supporting cast and includes Wilford Brimley and Keith David. It's got a big old cast. <laughs> yeah, it has a huge supporting cast, which I think is to its benefit. They're all good and convincing. But what I think is really interesting is when this movie came out, it got negative reviews. I did not know that. I didn't know that either. It was uh, someone wrote in the review. It's the quintessential moron movie of the eighties. Um, reviews also cost it call just words stroke described it as instant junk and a wretched excess. I'm shocked. What came out around this that would cause that? Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah, I think it is kind of wild. And it's over time it became a cult classic. And now obviously it's a modern, we it's look a back classic. on it as one of the best. Um, yeah, what? I think also part of why people would call it a wretched excess is because it had a much bigger budget than most like creature features or horrors of the time. Mm. So the budget was $15 million, which was not the original budget. They kept having to like push for a greater budget because the original creature design was only supposed to be like 250000 <laughs> and it ended up being $1.5 million. Worth it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll um, get to that. Yeah. And it was made with a mixture of chemicals, food products, rubber, and mechanical parts that were turned to make it be able to take multiple forms, which I think is really interesting. But yeah, the creature design was definitely supposed to be less. I think they also spent a lot on like the set and everything too. And they ended up taking on a lot of scenes that were written um, because of budget constraints. And they ended up filming some things and needing to take them out because they thought it was boring. Well... I think it's whatever pretty, they did work. Yeah, the however project, it came out, I'm I'm so very good. happy with this movie. Spoilers. I'd, I'd say it, it holds up for 15 million. It it holds up pretty Completely. well. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. I think that has a lot to do with the practicals as well. Yeah, but do you want to do 15 second summaries? Yeah, I have more fun facts. Oh, more this fun movie, facts. We'll researching this, I was so entertained. Um, so obviously we discussed Carpenter was the eventual director, but it definitely went through a lot of 
pre-production process with different writers and directors. So guess what other horror goat was? Craven. Toby Hooper oh, of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. That makes sense. Um, they had actually paid him under contract, but they were ultimately unhappy with him and his writing partner's concept. That's interesting. Yeah, well, he's he, he's int- like a, an odd uh, like writer, I feel like. I mean, you get Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I think he was involved with the sequels, which are just like kind of batshit. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he could be go either either way. That's interesting, though. This movie was also nominated at the Razzie Awards. What? What is going on? <laughs> Can you guess what you think it was up for? The Razzies. I assume worst movie. If it's it wasn't. No. Was it? Did Kurt Russell get one? No. No, I was oh, going to. He was really good. He was really good. Yeah. yeah. Right, what was it? Effects. Worst musical score. I knew you weren't getting what? it. What? Yeah. Against okay, so Matt. What was is like, going This score is so good. I wonder if Carpenter did this one too. Did he? I didn't look that oh, up. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> well, no, he did Halloween score, so. Yeah. And he still does the Halloween that? scores. Isn't that fucking in, like bad Why would it? Uh, music by Neo McMurricone. Good work. Yeah, right. sorry. That was awful. <laughs> I, but you got it. It wasn't Carpenter. It's good enough. It wasn't good enough. <laughs> I'm um, shocked that yeah. this guy. Yeah. I, it just must have been the time. Mm-hmm. People weren't ready, I guess. I mean, it's gross, and I'm sure it was like pants shittingly scary. That uh, defibrillator scene. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. seen that oh, in 1982 in the theater might have. It catches you off guard yeah. your first time. Mm-hmm. There's a couple really masterful um, scenes that are set up to like completely catch you off guard in this. Yeah. And I think that's that's oh, a yeah. carpenter just being as good as he is. This is so good. I think it's better than Halloween. Like of his. I agree, and, but, but it's a scale thing, too. Yeah. Like, you get the budget here where you didn't with Halloween. Yes, 100%. And That's I think it. the setting and everything is so stunning and well done. Mm-hmm. And it really gives that feel of isolation. So, yeah, it just works so well. I also think he probably honed his craft more by the time he got to, to this point. He started out hot and then just, like, continued to get better, right? So Stayed hot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other fun fact I wanted to share was that they filmed multiple endings for this. Okay. And Tell me about them. Um, they had thought that the bleak nihilistic ending would not test well with audiences. So that's why they gave a couple different ending options. In one of the alternate takes, McGreedy is rescued and given a blood test that proves he's not infected. Yeah, that was sucked. And Carpenter was like, that would have been cheesy. Yeah. (laughs) And it also did not test well. Uh, They reworked it and decided to complete... I can't talk today. Complete a totally new scene, which omitted the suspicion of Childs being infected by removing him completely, leaving McGreedy alone. That would have been uh, fine. Yeah. I, didn't, I still think it, it wouldn't have added that extra layer of like, who are they? Are they? Could they be? Could yeah. one of them be? Yeah, exactly. So I don't think it works that well. And it did test a little bit better, but still not great. It was, though, what the production team and the studio had agreed to use, and it was set to print to go for theaters when the producers and Carpenter decided that it was better left with the ambiguity instead of nothing at all. So Carpenter gave his approval to restore the original ambiguous ending. Yeah, that's the right call. Yeah. Like when you tell me all those. (laughs) And they still felt that it was too nihilistic and one of the universal executives said, think about how the audience will react if we see the thing die with a giant orchestra playing. Dumb. <laughs> Dumb. And I'm glad we got what we got because it is so good. 
Yeah, I, I think that that ending's pretty critical for yeah. a lot of reasons. So a lot of a lot of the film is like about hiding what is going on. I feel like mm-hmm. so I, I feel mm-hmm. like that is in you know in theme for the ending. Cool. Is there anything else? Or do you want to do fifteen seconds? I'm good for fifteen seconds. Always. All right. Do you want to go first this time, or do you want me to go first? I can go first. Okay. Make Felipe go last. Yeah. All right. <laughs> like, think. please let me go last. Yeah. yeah give. Them. I have one, so I'm ready. Oh, oh you guys have them? I sometimes no, think about it beforehand. I'm gonna spend thirty seconds All right. writing one. Are you ready, Hannah? All right. No. Go. Bunch of guys being dudes in Antarctica encounter alien and then all accuse each other of being alien as men do and they would be smarter if they had a woman there and did something different <laughs> that's it <laughs> it is ready? very interesting that there are no ladies yes i'm gonna probably deliberate yeah all right i'm ready go what it's like to live live in a suburb that's it <laughs> damn son that was fast as shit bro an interesting too <laughs> i do I stuttered over it a little bit yeah Okay, ready, Felipe? Your time to shine. An infected alien falls out in Antarctica and is just trying to find his way back home. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> He's just a lonely boy. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna assimilate everybody. Yeah. Well, do we know that though? Because he keeps trying to get in ships. I think it's unclear if he's trying to either get that ship to go back to space or go to assimilate more people. Mm-hmm. Unsure. Or it's just defensive. He's an animal. This an homie animal. has been frozen for how fucking long? He might just be like, where's my mom? <laughs> like, please. <laughs> so, I don't know. Right. I could buy either. Like, I don't, and I don't think it, it doesn't matter. All that being said, I'm going to give the speed read description. Ugh, okay. Um, there are a lot of names in this, mm-hmm. yes. and so I'm not going to describe everybody. So you're just going to get names, and you're going to deal with it. <laughs> All right. McGreedy is Kurt Russell. Yes. And that's what matters. All right. Are we ready? <laughs> yeah. All right. In Antarctica, a Norwegian helicopter pursues a sled dog to an American research station. The pilot fires a rifle and shouts at the Americans, but they cannot understand him, and he's shot dead. The American helicopter pilot, R.J. McCready, and Dr. Cooper leave to investigate the Norwegian base. Among the charred ruins and frozen corpses, they find the burnt corpse of a malformed humanoid when they transfer it to the American station. Their biologist, uh, Blair, autopsies the remains and finds a normal set of human organs. Clark kennels the sled dog and is, and is soon absorbs several of the other station dogs. The disturbance alerts the team, and Child uses a flamethrower to incinerate the creature. Blair autopsies the dog and surmises that it's an organism that can perfectly imitate other life forms. Blair grows paranoid after running a computer simulation that indicates the creatures could assimilate all life on Earth in a matter of years. The remains of the malformed humanoid assimilate an isolated Bennings, but Windows interrupts the process and McGreedy burns the Bennings thing. The team also imprisons Blair in a tool shed after he sabotages all the vehicles, kills the remaining sled dogs, and destroys the radio to prevent escape. McCready, Windows, and Nulls find Fuchs, Fuchs' burned corpse and surmise he committed suicide to avoid assimilation. Windows returns to base when, where, while McCready and Nulls investigate McCready's shack. During their return, Nulls abandons McCready in a snowstorm, believing he has been assimilated after finding torn clothes in his shack. 
The team debates whether to allow McCready inside, but he breaks in and holds the group hostage with dynamite. During the encounter, Norris appears to suffer a heart attack. As Cooper attempts to defibrillate Norris, his chest transforms into a large mouth and bites off Cooper's arms, killing him. McCready incinerates the Norris thing. McCready proposes to test, or excuse me, McCready proposes testing blood samples from each survivor with a heated piece of wire and has each man restrained. But he is forced to kill Clark after he lunges at McCready with a scalpel. Everyone passes the test except Palmer, whose blood recoils from the heat. Exposed, the Palmer thing transforms, breaks free of its bonds, and infects windows, forcing McCready to incinerate both of them. Childs is left on guard while the others go to test Blair, but they find that he has escaped and has been using vehicle components to assemble a small flying saucer, which they destroy. Upon their return, Childs is missing, and the power generator is destroyed, leaving the men without heat. McCready speculates that with no escape left, the thing intends to return into hibernation until a rescue team arrives. McCready, Gary, and Nulls agree that the thing cannot escape to... Um, and uh, set explosive to destroy the station. The Blair thing kills Gary and Nulls disappears. The Blair thing transforms into an enormous creature and breaks the detonator. But McCready triggers the explosives with a stick of dynamite, destroying the station. While McCready sits by the burning remains, Childs returns, claiming he got lost in the storm while pursuing Blair. Exhausted and slowly freezing to death, they acknowledge the futility of their distrust and share a bottle of scotch whiskey. <sighs> All right. <laughs> it was a mouthful. Yeah. It always I, is. It always is. There's too much. There's always too much going on. I'm starting to think you should just say it normally and then just speed it up. And speed it up. That'd be funny, like that <laughs> end of be, like commercials. You just get all chip monkey. Batteries not included. You know, it's okay. like that type of thing. Yeah. All right. Right so. off the bat, I just want to say there was one scream and it was Matt. I did. I yelped. There was a nice little uh, just stupid shadow scare of someone walking in front uh, of something, and it got me real good. Yeah. Was, yeah, I was gonna was say fun. there's no like jump scares really in this. No, movie, not so. at all. It's all it's all tension and I think cosmic type horror just to uh, like think of the the psychological the horror. I feel yes. like yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. It's the implication of that kind of assimilation and that creature being out there. Mm-hmm. And um, no hides. No hides. Yeah, we've seen this movie a lot. I know when I first saw this, I definitely hit a lot because I didn't like horror movies really at the time, and I was also. Yeah, Really fucking scared because I'm just really scared of alien things. But I feel like the design of the alien being so fucking weird actually helped. It helps you? Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. It's a, they also do a little, like, the, the camera angles that they do mm-hmm. don't really give you a lot of visual. It's just kind of like... Yeah. I think maybe we're too used to assimilation stories where, like, prior to... 1980s, I feel like assimilation wasn't that big, and that is a much scarier thing. Yeah. We got like assimilation comedy stories on like Rick and Morty. Oh, <laughs> we have oh, Baldur's Gate 3, which is all about assimilation as well. Yeah, like, good like point, the, good point. Yeah. So maybe we're too used to it, so it doesn't like hit the same way. Yeah. But I'm sure at the time that was like a newer concept, and to be like, oh my God, like everyone's going to be, someone can be living among us. Yeah. You know, among us. <laughs> <laughs> So that inspired was inspired by this movie. Yeah, definitely. Nice, nice job sneaking <laughs> that in there. He's been waiting. Um, I'm trying to think. I've seen this a bunch of times. You've seen it twice now, Hannah, right? Yeah, I think only twice. And Felipe, how many times did you watch it this week? I watched it three times this week. Um, first time I saw it, I was like, I was in like second grade. And Holy shit. At, yeah, I was at a party, at like a Halloween party. And they had this, they played this after Silver Bullet. And I didn't. I already didn't like horror movies, and like this was like a movie I left multiple times in the <laughs> middle of the movie. I was like, I can't watch this. So it worked. It did its job. Yeah. Um, that feels too young for yeah, this. Yeah, it's pretty definitely. young for this. <laughs> Although I watched like 
Not the Jurassic Park's horror, but I watched Jurassic Park and Jaws at like four. Jurassic so. Park is scary. That was my first horror movie was Jurassic Park. Yeah. That was another I, movie I could not watch all the way through. I definitely saw both of those before the age of five. I still have dinosaur nightmares, but I kind of like them at this point in my life. I don't know. Jurassic Park fucked me up, even though I love that I movie. I never had. It's a good movie. Yeah. I never really had dinosaur nightmares. Even seeing yeah. Jurassic Park, I was like, "Them shit's cool to as this, fuck. To this day, I will be in Jurassic Park running from raptors with like... <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yeah. T-Rexes. Actually, you know, they probably had a raptor dream. Giant crocodiles, right. things like that. Yeah. Don't you worry. I, but I, at this point in my life, they're kind of cool. So even when they're scary. But I'm like one of those weird guys that kind of likes nightmares. Or at least the cartoonish type nightmares. They're so weird. Yeah. Hard pass. Yeah, I don't know. I, I no, something. The question is, do you add feathers work. to the dinosaurs? In your no, <laughs> no. They're straight up. They were the raptors yeah, from yeah. the first Jurassic Park. Maybe Even the third. If it's not like accurate, the design is so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does not matter. Anyway, yeah, the sorry. thing. The thing is very, very good. And I'm upset with the critics that didn't like it at the time. And Obviously, it's good for a lot of reasons. People know it's good now. So. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, I'll tell you why. Specifically, there's there's Make two sure things I'm gonna hit right away to breathe. I want to first say, and this is this goes to the complaint of how we can't make movie stars anymore, and we're just really bad at making movie stars. They know how to make Kurt Russell a movie star in this with his introduction, like oh, the yeah. way he's shown, the way his face is lit. He's super handsome in this, like everything about it. The playing the chess and just throwing his drink into Which the did not the computer. make sense. That he like opens Opened a it. slot and like pours, <laughs> pours his, his drink in. in. Like, like, maybe I don't know computers from the 80s, but I'm like, what computer just had, like, a slot you could pour drinks in? Either way, like, this is how you introduce a star and how you make a star. And I feel like it's a lost art, yeah. is making stars. Kurt Russell is a fucking star. The, the, the movie's built around him. You yeah. can feel yeah, that it it's is. built around him. Completely. Well, he also was involved with, like, production and everything with Carpenter. So it's not surprising to me that he is at the heart of this movie in every possible way. Mm-hmm. But he's still a star. Yeah. I mean, you could look at him in, like... Cool. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Still an absolute star, and I feel like we're, we're they're, they're dying across. off, you know? Yeah. And I don't think it's actors' faults. I think it's that no one knows how to how to make them anymore. Cruise is like one of the last. So you think like directors can't yeah. do it. I think the directors aren't aren't creating stars. I also think it's been said about the Marvel movies that we have characters, not action stars anymore. Mm-hmm. They don't really care about like the people that play them. And that's like maybe just where we're in. Maybe we're in a lull. Maybe they're going to come back at some point when everything kind of slingshots like, the other way, rubber bands the other way. I mean, I guess I see your point. Cause I feel like like Scorsese can make someone a star. Yeah. Like there are just certain directors that have that ability to make. Yeah. I think, <laughs> yeah, there's, we have IP. We don't know that that's the problem. We have IP. We don't have movie stars. It's like, yeah. Anytime someone makes something, we just want more of it. Of more. I want that character. I want this on screen. It's not about. It's not and about I the actor. I think like no one is like unique anymore because we try and use the same mold for every person. Just yes. like exercise a lot and don't eat, and then have like a bunch of muscles and like yeah. that is what you offer. <laughs> this is a completely right. different side tangent, but you're right. So we're but this is specific <laughs> to like action like star. The the for action most part. Star, not not necessarily because I think of like if you're thinking about like a, a movie that's built around somebody but isn't at the same time, like knives out being built around like uh Benoit Blanc. But like True. without him being a major part of it is very interesting yes. way to Build a character. That's I think that's an exception to yeah. what we're seeing. But yes, but still Daniel Craig, who is an I, and, maybe, and maybe he is a star. But that's he's one of them. That's I, I, I would say, but I mean, like he was Bond, right? And that's like IP. Yeah, it wasn't. True. It's tough. True. Yeah. It's kind of like true. this weird, weird mix of. 
and maybe he's one that's still around. But even by the end of the Bond ones, he didn't want to be there anymore, and no. he was kind of losing his his like spark. The magic was gone. Yeah. You know, that's a good point. But now that he's out there, you're right. Now that he's out there doing goofy stuff, find that now the star power shining through. Yeah. yeah. You know. I'm trying to think of like who's younger and has that star power. Not I mean, a lot. Like, I, I don't know if there are any. This Gos- is a good tangent. Gosling, though, so. maybe? He's in his forties. Yeah. And Adam Driver I mean, is too. Yeah. Which is who I was thinking Driver of. Driver is probably the closest, in my opinion. But he's um, in his forties. Yeah. But even then, they're still not exactly the 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 star power that like a John Wayne was. Sorry, I know that's a long time yeah. ago. Or a, um, uh, I can't think of his name. Schwarzenegger, even, yeah, Stallone. Even Schwarzenegger, yes. Yeah. yes. Do, yeah, there's a bunch of but guys But I was even who... thinking uh, Jimmy Stewart. I know that's old, too. But oh, yeah, like, that's like, that's like, old. I know, I'm just... <laughs> they built these guys up in a different way. But, yeah. yeah. All right. Outside of that, yes, that's, that's something I had to say. Um, and I just need to... I'm going to talk about a lot of the practicals in this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, absolutely insane. And they hold up. Completely. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think this is a, a thing that a filmmaker should look at is that practicals always hold up. Always. I, I, I Compared yeah. to CGI. CGI mm-hmm. does not always hold up. Yeah. I know a good combination is what is like best, but you look at this and this still is scary. It is still like disturbing and disgusting looking and it completely holds up. Had they tried to do some CGI at the time, it wouldn't. I think it's, I think it has something to do. Our brains are okay. Like even if a practical looks fake, our brains are okay with it because it's, it's tangible. It has weight. I don't know if you two felt that way as well. Yeah, there's, but. I don't remember. There's like a, a it's that you ever seen like the doll effect or like the, uncanny the mannequin. Yeah. Uncanny that's valley. bad yeah. CGI. It, gets that's that. sort of yeah. what CGI. So like that's why practical work is because it it doesn't get to that phase mm-hmm. yes. where you're like you're in the uncanny valley. I think that's yeah. yeah. You're right. Exactly. It's something about there, anytime there's actual weight and something tangible. Or even like I said, even if it's fake, even the shark in Jaws, because it yes. has weight to it, it works, and our brains just. We're more willing to have suspension of disbelief, I think, with practicals. So, just just something I noticed that I, I want to like. That's awesome. They spent the right money. One point five million. I was about to say that the budget, a tenth of the budget worked out. Yeah, I mean, a tenth of the budget on practical, on practical effects, effects is, is worth it. Yeah, it is. It is high though. But even now, it's it like use, you're better off using fake looking practical effects than like shoddy CGI. Yeah. I mean, and CGI is obviously way more expensive too. So it can be, depends on what, where you're getting it from. Right? I, would, I would say typically you don't have to lock people in the basement and, uh, for years <laughs> to do the CGI dungeon. I <laughs> also think using the authentic locations was so key to this too, because especially back then, like obviously there was the tendency to use studio sets. We still mm-hmm. see that for like big <laughs> budget things now even sometimes i think hbo is really good at yeah doing, no like, the inverse of that where they yeah. they are dedicated to yeah i think it depends location. like you watch like footage from a fucking marvel movie and it's just yeah. we're talking to a marvel lot harnesses. <laughs> yeah but at the time it wasn't as often done and that's why like they didn't need the budget yeah. to be as high if they're not traveling somewhere but for this they filmed on location in Alaska and they built the sets during the summer so that it snowed to cover them in for filming. That's so fucking cool. That is really cool. (laughs) It's, you know, I I don't think the on location matters whether you do it in a set or not. It's all about preparation. Like if you do the correct preparation and take the time, you're going to, your product's going to be good. They did that. They do crazy prep. Right mm-hmm. out there, the, I'm sure they were on that set for a while. By building the sets, they can figure out exactly where they want to put cameras, exactly how they mm-hmm. want to light, and you get a good product. Like that's, I think that's what's more critical is you have to know what you're doing before you shoot. I so. just thought that was cool. I think that's so shit. cool. Yeah, 
And it pays off. Like, it looks it so good. I didn't know that. I was not sure if they did this in Alaska. So that makes sense when you see these dudes, like, bumbling through the snow, which are some of my favorite scenes of them, like, slipping all over the place. They actually were. Yeah, so it actually it makes sense when you watch the movie, too, because yeah. it, there is too much about, the like, the location that makes it seem like it couldn't be a set, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just so, like, the snow is so, like, perfect, yeah. essentially. I was wondering if it was fake snow or not. So they put them in out there in some freezing conditions. Yeah. Good. Well, it's like, <laughs> fake snow has, like, a fluffiness to it that's mm-hmm. not, like, real snow, which can, like, p- compact in some ways. So, like, when they're trudging through the snow, it, it looks really real. Yeah. So it must yeah, make sense that it was. The crew had to leave the cameras outside because if they had them in and then took them out, it fogged. <laughs> That's so cool. Everything about it is just it's so really interesting. Neat. I love, I love the like, art of definitely just look up the filming of this movie because there's so much we're not going to be able to get to. But it's so interesting, and everything about it makes it the perfect movie. <laughs> so I hit two things I like. So I want to go to you, Felipe. Why is this your favorite scary movie? Is there something like I just I, one? I'm a big sci-fi person. I love like space. I read books constantly about space and like. You know, black holes. And uh, so you're a nerd. nerd. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, I'm like a nerd, sure. Um, but to the the concept, the the uh, assimilation concept is really, really interesting and scary. Like psychologically, very scary. The idea that you, like, I I think even they weren't even sure if they were the thing. There is that question. Is, yeah, yeah, which is where they're like kind of thinking, am I the thing? Like Palmer is a really good question because I feel like Palmer gets turned very early in the movie. Yeah. But they don't know until towards the end of the movie that he's the thing. The question is, does he know he's the thing while he's doing all these things? <laughs> yeah. I think that's like the question is the thing just an animal? Like yeah. it's similar to Jean Jacket and Nope. Like mm-hmm. it, it's unthinking really. It's just in protection mode. Yeah. So. But that's it, yeah. So it's, it's the psychological element. That's yeah. what makes you like. All right, and Hannah, what do you? I know you keep saying it's perfect. Do you like the filming? Is there anything that really stands out? You think separates or sets this movie apart? Well, I think everything we said so far. Obviously, I really like all of the info about the filming. I think it looks great. I think the acting is good and convincing from everyone. Kurt Russell Agreed. is the man. I think the plot and like the psychological elements of it are really interesting and keep you guessing and intrigued and entertained throughout the whole movie. And I also, I just think a lot of the scenes that they use fire and everything are really well lit and done. I think they look so Lighting. Good. Lighting. John Carpenter's the master of lighting. It's because he's old. And that's why. But that's a big thing I noticed in this was it was like, oh, my God, there's negative space. Oh, look, they're highlighting certain things we're supposed to see. The night shots don't look like gray bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. I was I was very happy. Night shots can be. The night shots look, look so good. Yeah. They were dark in certain areas. Like, yeah. they, they drew your eye where they needed to. It was, I, was, I also I was, think I was that might be the, the location, too, because snow reflects light mm-hmm. very well. And so you get the red flare. You get yeah. tons of reds and blues, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. It was color grade, color graded. Oh, I just hit the Pittsburgh Keller there a little hard. <laughs> color graded. Very well yeah sorry there's I, I have nothing bad to say so i don't plan to say anything i don't like so <laughs> i feel free to say things you do like or don't at this point <laughs> i there was like this scene kind of early on where they light bennings on fire i think that's the first like person that yeah, they're they, like they light him. him with with the remains of the yeah uh, yeah the previous yes. thing and that scene 
is the first scene that I wrote down where I was like, this looks cool it was, as It was shit. with like the seven of them all standing yes. around. The, the way they're it was standing like, around in a circle, his, the way it's showing his face. Um, it was like some witch was, coven shit is yeah. the way I saw they for some the, reason. They have like, this scream, but the scream, the weird thing about the thing scream is that it's not like a loud, like in your face scream. It's almost like it's coming from within. Mm-hmm. Like, and they, I feel like he did that intentionally. The sound is just like done intentionally to make it's it very seem guttural. like it's trapped. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember that upsetting me. That scream. Yeah, the that scream the is, the scream like, is a little, Ooh. little off-putting. And even just to like bring it to the very beginning of this movie, starting it off by shooting and chasing the dog really does hype up the intrigue because you're like, why the fuck are they shooting mm-hmm. a husky? Yeah. And I think it's especially smart because we as people have an attachment to animals. Like, think about all the people who say, I don't care if some a person dies in a movie. <laughs> I cry if a dog dies. So I think you really get that right off the bat of like that discomfort because of our attachment to yeah. animals. So... Which is I like smart that too. That, that dog actor was awesome too. Was so <laughs> I was cute. thinking that the whole time. I was like, "This dog rocks." <laughs> cute puppy. I also think that you're right on the intrigue there, and that this movie slow burns you. It, nothing crazy happens for like 50 minutes. Yeah. yeah. But it like kind of you just like you're, have this feeling of something eventually is going to happen, and then it accelerates, and it, then it's it like builds mm-hmm. the tension. Yes. Yeah. For a while, especially especially because it does uh, building of tension in the the early scene where it's like, all right, I, you know, they, they set up the, the beginning with the shooting, everything. They shoot the guy after he's yelling in Norwegian yes. and they have no clue what he's saying. If you have subtitles, you get spoiled. <coughs> oh, really? Yeah. They, they, I think he explains what's happening better. Is, there's subtitles that show. No, like, not if you were to, sorry, if you, not, if you had subtitles, if you knew Norwegian, okay, you get spoiled, okay. is what I <laughs> okay, should say. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, cause I'm, I'm pretty sure I've watched it with subtitles and it, it just says in stuff Norwegian. in, yes, this yeah. is Norwegian. If you know Norwegian, like, I don't know exactly what he says, but it would like spoil yeah, it for you, yeah, yeah. which is kind of funny. Yeah. It makes sense. Um, but yeah, they start with that and then it's like, they're like obviously confused, but they kind of just shrug it off. Mm-hmm. And then the other guys go and you're set this whole time with knowing that this dog is in the in the room with them. Yes. And like isolating itself with people, which he does a good job of like doing camera shots of him, you know, this this dog thing walking around mm-hmm. and like you Seeing can see, everybody. Yeah, see yeah. it in the, in, the, in the setting. I agree. So then you have no idea. And then later when you, you think, oh, shit, that dog has been near everybody. Yeah. Like, it could be anyone. Yeah. And that's They're, the same thing, the way they feel. They make you feel mm-hmm. the way that the, the men are feeling there. Yeah. Yeah, there are a ton of scenes of him just sitting in a room, being yeah. a cute puppy. They also make it clear, though, that it's a thing that people just lose their minds being in Antarctica and, like, being yes. isolated. Well, that's which the first thing they, they say. They basically. say it's like they, yeah. just, they just had cabin fever, mm-hmm. which I think is another interesting touch on this movie for them to – Basically, be like, yeah, that, that can just happen. And I, I think that kind of also kind of plays on why it's all men. Is it is like you have nine. Uh, it's a testosterone filmed camp or fi- filled camp with a bunch of headstrong dudes that have been isolated together for a long time. Like there is already going to be animosity that we haven't even seen mm-hmm. that's built up. And I, I, I think that's why they very much went with only men. There's also kinda. there's also the 80s. So true. Like, they know. didn't have women working, I guess these Well, I just think I just think in general like the 80s were not they weren't thinking in that kind of lens. They were just kind of like Yeah, Alien though. Screen Weaver which came around True, but that time. was sort of like uh, you know, a, a that innovative did yeah, yes. it was an innovative movie. So it's it's a little bit different. True. That makes sense. The isolation stuff is another big fear, I think, that you get out of this, yes. though. And that, like, you don't even think about that. So, yeah, 
It's a cool movie. I said, is there anything you just don't like? Because I actually, I, I think maybe for me, it right before they blow up the biggest, the, the camp, I check out a little bit because I'm just like, what? Like it, I get a little bit bored after what I think is like one of the best scenes, which is where they're doing the blood and trying to figure it all yeah. out. Once they're like convinced they know who it is that I think it loses a little bit of the, yeah, it goes, it sort of speeds up really. Yeah. It like, it accelerates to a point because they're now they're just going around. They're tossing, you know, Molotov cocktails and, and everything and, and trying TNT to burn or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they don't really, they kind of rush. Definitely the ending. You, you see, Blair come in and, and turn the chief into, you know, into a thing. Yes. And then Niles disappears and you're like, what, what yeah, happened to Niles? Yeah, you know, you just don't know what mm-hmm. happens to Got Niles. blown up probably. And then it's just like, boom, all of a sudden you're at the end. Yes. And that, I, I think maybe it is accelerating and so that's kind of the point, but I think I just like lose a little bit of my intrigue yeah. right before. And then I'm fully invested again once it's McCready and mm-hmm. Child sitting there. Sitting back, yeah. yeah. I think part of my issue with that, like why that happens is because the blood test scene for me is the best scene in the movie. All right. If we're doing favorite scenes, that's also my I mean, favorite it's scene. It's my favorite too. <laughs> yeah. So then after that, you're like, oh, well, that it was is... the best part. So yeah. tell me more because I, I want to say some stuff about that scene. But Well, first, just from like a plot standpoint, it's interesting because I think they've been kind of dumb in some ways. I do think this is like a realistic representation of how people would react but there are definitely moments where I'm like, why would you allow this person to be in a room by themselves? Like, you just need to chunk off into two or three groups where you all do the same task and or stay in the room together. So the fact yeah. that a couple of them are just by themselves at points is really dumb. I don't think they ever played so, Among Us. So, you know, I know, you, I know you've logged a lot <laughs> of hours. So. But I just think that they're using their noggins for this scene. So right off the bat, I was like, yes, so smart. Love it. But then it also builds the suspense because you're just waiting for one of them. And then it happens with a person that's not who you're expecting it to happen to. Uh And I forgot which one of them it was. I knew who it wasn't. It's Palmer. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I forgot that it was him. So when it happened, I did jump. I like didn't make a noise or anything, but I jumped because I was like, oh, shit. That, in terms of like jump scares, that is the one real yep. jump scare is mm-hmm. when they put the the yes. well, the heated wire into the and the blood mm-hmm. jumps and it's a very well crafted yeah. scare and I think reason being in the it, it, what it works is they kind of cut around a ton during that because right it cuts and they're like one yeah. blood somewhere else McCready's face that person yeah. and you have a lot of ideas of who it's going to be. And then it's not, and it's like not, and then you find out McCready well, just shot that dude in the head, the, and the he shocking wasn't a thing. one was Clark not being because yes. Clark is the dog guy, and mm-hmm. he's been with the dogs the entire the freaking yep. movie. Yeah, and he had and never. McCready just shot him in the head, and the, yeah. yeah, he killed him. But uh, like, it's shocking to me that he was yep. not. Uh, I know. So that happens, and it cuts, and then eventually it's McCready. He's convinced it's um Gary, the who is the leader of the whole yes. thing, and he says to him, he goes. Gary, like pretty much, we'll do you last because yes. we know. And as he's saying that, he's not even looking at the blood. It's so well crafted. He's not looking and touches it and it just pops yes. in his hand. I, it's amazing. And then I, I really like when they burn him on the couch and then they take care of it and then immediately just cuts back to them doing more blood tests. It's almost like comedic. Yes. I found this movie yeah, really yeah, funny. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely parts. funny parts. Yeah. Uh, you talked about taking issue. There's one part in that scene that I take issue with, okay. which is, uh, uh, Radio is his name, I think. Right? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. The curly headed guy who uh, was, who was in charge of the radio. Okay. Windows, windows, windows. Windows. <laughs> windows. <Mirrors. laughs> 
Windows just sits there while Palmer is transforming. And you can see... Uh, is he not tied up? McCready. I thought he was tied up. No, there's two guys with flamethrowers. It's Windows and mm-hmm. McCready. And McCready is trying to light the, the flamethrower. And Windows is just standing there. He panicked, there. right? Yeah. yeah, and he panicked. And I'm like, dude... You can't do that in yep. this scenario. That's like the one thing they're you dumb. can't they're do. Not, they're not smart. Yeah. Again, it's a bunch of dudes that have McCready hasn't slept in two days, as he said. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. True. Just dudes being but you're right. I will say that is easily my favorite scene. I thought I was the only one that said that, but apparently no. everyone that thinks that's a favorite. So good. I thought I thought you were gonna say the defibrillator, because that scene's also a jump. That's scared. yeah, but it's right before that scene. Yeah. And it's almost as good of a scene. Yeah. Especially with like the head coming off and everything. Yeah. yeah. The spider. Yeah. Ugh, so gross. Well, Damn, what your favorite scenes? Yeah, <laughs> All right. so good. You want to talk about some themes, or you got something else you want to say that you like? Well, I was just gonna say, based off that scene, my brain started going, and I was like, if I were in this situation with a group of my friends, I was like, who in our group of friends do we think we would elect as in charge? And then I realized we would die from that because <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't be able to choose. Well, they didn't. A natural. It would be me. They didn't me. choose. They didn't choose their leader though. McCready kind of just went over. McCready he kind of just grabbed the gun and they were like, okay. They all kind of <laughs> seemed like he was like, he was, he was a calming. But, before, yeah. but yeah. before that scene, so that scene happens even before they think McCready is a thing. Mm-hmm. Remember? Yeah. McCready comes back into the, the building through the window with dynamite and he basically hand fists his way into being the leader yep. again. They don't, it's they want impressive. to kill him at that yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. Strong, he's a strong character. He's just Kurt Russell. No, we have so many people in our friend group that are like, I don't want to be in charge. Like that one guy was like, I'm not up to it. And But then I think like what? the biggest yeah. idiots would be... Who? I'm name not going to name names. I'm not going to name names. You'll know. Actually, I don't think they would. Jason would be thinking so hard about it. Or Jason Farkas. Jason Farkas and I would get into a fight. No, but he would, he would be, yeah, he would be all strategy for him. He wouldn't want to be in charge. He would just be like. me and him would get in a fight because I'd be like, your strategy doesn't work. Yeah. Just like we do when we play D&D. Like Jason and I would end up beefing and that would be a distraction. (laughs) And then Matt Dalton would have some crazy ass solution that I'd be like, are you okay? He'd be doing a bit. Yeah, he would just be doing a bit in the corner. That would be a solution. That's, It'd be fake. That is the we're done. worst, worst timing to do a bit. That's exactly probably. what he would do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just thinking about his solution. Like, no, guys, like, what D&D. if instead of the blood, we did something else? Like, like, yeah. <laughs> get real serious about it, and then you'd realize he was joking. So, mm-hmm. all right. Yeah, go themes. start with your themes. All right, McCarthyism. Duh. <laughs> oh, it's, it, that was uh, before we watched. I was like, oh, this is about McCarthyism. And yeah. then I looked it up, and that's... Yeah, not what Carpenter I said, but didn't realize that. Yeah, and that's why I'm joking about this is what it's like to live in a suburb because this is what suburbs are like, where everyone like they go on their next door app and complain about each other and think that someone parking in front of their house is coming in to kill them, and they all turn on each other. This is yeah, but it's yeah. McCarthyism. It's about like a community that everyone is convinced someone is a uh, problem in there, and they all turn on each other. Right. For people who don't know what McCarthyism was, it was like during the 40s and 50s where everyone was accused of being a communist or having Soviet influence in American institutions. And it was kind of spearheaded at the time by um, Joseph yeah. McCarthy. It ruined Hollywood. You had a bunch he, of people blacklisted. He was head of the CIA, right? No. Well, what was he? He was a who senator. Okay. But That's people right. They did, said like, they did that like Hoover, investigations. People said that Hoover, who was the head of the CIA, 
it maybe should have been named after him and it would have been a more okay. accurate name. So, okay. you know, like close. But that's, but yeah, yeah I, I see it's Red Scare is yes. what I've seen. Yes. And we were, I mean, how far out of the Cold War were we? Cold War, were we in uh, 82? Are we still? We weren't. No, we, we were weren't. still in the Cold So that's yeah. part of it as well. Yeah. It's still like this idea of like, people thought there were like Russian, Russian like sleeper agents yeah. in the US. Yeah, there were though. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, the reality is that <laughs> they, they were there. Sure. But the way that we turned on each other yeah, because of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's what you see. It, it also goes back to Salem. It's it's that as well, like, right? Oh, yeah. Which yeah, but is that's, similar. That's different. That's actually like a witch hunt, which is like when you're looking for something that doesn't, doesn't exist. exist. Sure. The thing was, I think with the Red Scare is a lot of it was there were people that were had um, commu- or communist sympathizers that had no foul intention towards anybody, but mm-hmm. it was just assumed because the way that the U.S. government pushed it, yeah, that, that, that they were all had bad intent. Which I think thematically tells me that the thing was not trying to assimilate the U.S. and was trying to leave, because I think that makes the most sense that it is defending itself and then wants to get off the planet. Yeah, which is if we look at the Red Scare type situation, most communist sympathizers were not bad people at all. The U.S. just made them out to be bad. Right. Okay. And so I can that see makes it. more sense. We basically all freaked out and turned on each other and turned on our own communities over something that wasn't really a threat. The thing is a threat, but like, is it, is it a long term? But yeah, threat, is it the a threat in the way that we, you know, they were rejecting when Blair thought it was something that was going to take over the planet? I'm going to say no. From a, th- from a thematic standpoint, it makes more sense to say no. Yeah. But it's not the, the point. It could be one or the other. It doesn't also, matter. I also noticed it didn't assimilate. Everybody all the time. It had plenty of opportunities to do it, which yeah. makes it interesting, right? It only assimilated I, sometimes. I think it's only doing it from a defensive standpoint yeah. is my theory. Because the that, first time we see it is when it gets put in a cage. And maybe mm-hmm. when it gets put in a cage, it's thinking to itself, it's trapped now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which could be it triggering yes. a defense mechanism. Which is a, a fun new read on it if we ever watch it again. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the easy one is is Red Scare type situation. So Yeah. And I'm sure we know Carpenter's pretty uh, left leaning, so I'm sure he would also be wanting. Well, everyone hates on the Red Scare now, right? Does anybody defend the Red Scare? I'm sure there is. Probably but to say that we were in the right to do. That. I'm just saying, like, look at America right now, and tell me you don't think there's at least definitely half someone that this country is is not like yes, this is this was good. The communism was good. Yeah, yeah. that's like an Oppenheimer. The second the war is over, like the communists are the bad guys now, and it's like, <laughs> are they? Are they really? Like he was he was a communist. He had yeah. he was a communist sympathizer. Mm, there's more again, evidence. There's more evidence that he, he was. was actually part. Well, of Who cares like, if he was? Yeah. He sent money to to good causes through communist yeah, channels, yeah, right? In fair. my opinion, that's fair. I mean, we the, the, we're pretty political. He's on this not, podcast. They know how we feel. He's not a bad guy. Just because no, no, no. he's you know. Neither no communists aren't bad people either. Well, there are <laughs> co- bad <laughs> communists. Just like yes, there's bad, bad everybody. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. yeah. It's usually the people I like, in charge. I like the commies. You know, we got Comrade Felipe here. That's our favorite bit is to call my mom when she says a liberal thing because she's not, not liberal to call her comrade <laughs> When she Deb. does, we call her comrade Deb. <laughs> is that why you call me that sometimes when I say things that are like They're very left really left-leaning? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I like when you come out with those things. <laughs> but I do think it's interesting too, like McReady is basically like, I'll destroy it at the expense of everybody else. And himself. Well, yep. towards the end, I think it's, like, at the expense of himself, because he realizes, like, if it does get back to the mainland, like, everyone will die. But I kind of think earlier on, it's not necessarily, like, 
to save mm-hmm. the planet. I think it's yeah. just to save himself. So he's like shooting. That plays back yeah. into the, the McCarthy exactly. thing because yeah. we just decided, hey, well, the U.S. was like, we'll destroy ourselves to protect us from a non-existent threat exactly. of communism because for whatever reason they were scared of a little communal living. You and know? I think that's, it makes <laughs> it better. A little working together, a little less uh, individuality. And I think that's what makes it interesting too that we don't know the alien's true motivation because it could be a, a very real fair threat. It could threat, be a threat, yes. But maybe not. Yeah. No, I think it's a fun read. What else we got? I know isolation's a big part and like insanity from I just, isolation. I, I only have questions. I don't have any questions. Like All right, hit me with some questions. Do we think that the thing crash landed or another alien crash landed that was infected by the thing? Oh my god, great question. That, that, they do something like that in Prometheus as well, which is an alien movie. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I like the idea of that it was another that the thing took over an alien in a crash land. Yeah, that's way more fun. Escaping its own planet or something that had been infected by the thing. Does the prequel answer that question? I've never seen the prequel. Uh, I've never seen the no, but the prequel prequel? yeah about the Norwegians shouldn't answer. I haven't seen it, but the prequel shouldn't answer it because it's the Norwegian uh, camp. Yeah, it's not okay. That whatever whenever that crash land happens, it clearly happens. Thousands, oh, if not millions, like hundred thousands years ago. Yeah, yeah, it had to happen a long time ago because it, of how much ice is on it, mm-hmm. and you can clearly see it's like how low it is. twenty feet of ice or something like that. And just how like our planet works, it had to have been a long time. Yeah, I don't know. I like that idea though. <coughs> I can cut that out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, you got any any other themes? That's the big one. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Carpenter, they were also living under that fear at that time still, like I said, so. And, and maybe the fear of the alien is the idea, a fear of like annihilation due to like nuclear Holocaust as well. It could be. Right? Like that, that plays into it, which was again, the fear because of the cold war, which maybe wasn't a real needed fear. Just, just, just the idea say. of an apocalypse. And yeah. yeah. And just thinking about the theme of paranoia in general, not necessarily like mm-hmm. related to the cold war, but in general, that's why the end is so important to be ambiguous as it is, because without that, it's missing the point of the movie. Yeah. Which Kurt Russell has come out and said that analyzing the scene for clues is missing the point. They worked on the Carpenter and I worked on the ending of the movie for a, together for a long time. We were both bringing the audience right back to square one. At the end of the day, that was the position these people were in. They just didn't know anything. They didn't know if they knew who they were. I loved that. Over the years, the movie has gotten its due because people were able to get past the horrificness of the monster to see what the movie was about, which was paranoia. Yeah. And I, I, I love the ending. I think it plays into everything. And like we've talked, I don't think either of them are the thing. I think yeah. that is the point. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter. It's They're both just going to sit there and they're going to freeze to death, death no yeah. matter what. Because, because of... The actions of the group mm-hmm. prior yeah. and that rocks. And they both know that they can't let the other leave because if the other yep. leaves, they might be the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they just sit there and they just stare. And maybe they do get it at the end because he says it's not worth us, yeah. you know, being any more paranoid. Like, let's just yeah, ride this out because what are, what's our option? Yeah. Very, very cool movie. I've also read that some people think that this is about like the fear of not being a man. Or like okay. not being manly, and that's why there are no women characters. And it very much is an examination of manliness. Um, Interesting. Most of these guys are a bunch of dweebs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but take continue. But there, 
very much like prideful and they don't have the emotional growth or the empathy for each other in this situation yes. yeah. so they're unable to like use those skills to you, solve the you're problem probably right if we add a couple women to this group that they're it might not have gone down the same way because oh. there would just been some different <laughs> i mean most most likely yeah. you, would, you would assume women would probably have a better plan in terms of like working together yeah uh, a lot of guys nah dude guys tend to like be like i want to be the hero in this sure. scenario and but, that, but yeah. women get that mean girls thing going on where they start just back that's if it was just girls if oh, it was good just point. girls okay i would say that would just and it's just as bad <laughs> yeah, but he's have, right he's right if you have a group a mixed group of people there's a lot of different like you know mentalities that kind of come i think you got that right yeah. but i think there couldn't just be one woman because if she had the smartest idea she, none yeah, of yeah, she gets Dismissed, or just dismissed, yeah. dead, yeah. thrown out. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. 100%. They'd be, they'd be, they'd be we, if they were all women, we'd have the witch trials, is what it would be. Probably, <laughs> yeah. But uh, people have noted that the person who doesn't really seem like he has emotional attachments to other people in the same way is the most paranoid and the one who lives the longest. It just in which greedy, greedy. Yeah. yeah. I guess that makes sense. Childs is pretty similar in that way too. Mm-hmm. That's why they're. That's definitely why they're the, the last, last ones, is because they are very similar, both like headstrong and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I like that reading too. This movie's cool. Because yeah. I was thinking, like, why is there no woman here? Fuck you. <laughs> so I liked <laughs> no, reading. That, there is a. Yeah. I mean, there, I think that it, I definitely think it's intentional for all the reasons we've talked about. Mm-hmm. All right. Any any other good themes, or we want to? I guess we can rate soon. Yeah, I don't know if I have any other theme ideas. I'm, like, trying to think, but I feel like the McCarthyism is so oh, obvious. I know. It was me. I wanted to say about the suburbs thing again because I do think, look, if this type of thing happens in some, like, white suburb, uh, you know, I'm oh. trying to think of what's around us. They're going to kill like, their neighbors. Immediately people are turning on their neighbors. 100%. Like... I don't even like my neighbors, and I can tell you right yeah. now, if we had aliens, there's I'd be, I'd be no isolating myself from my neighbors. But that's you. You see this? I see this shit on like the Facebook post all the time. People are people are terrified of the outdoors and terrified of their neighbors in suburbs specifically. We're in an apartment where we talk to everybody in here, mm-hmm. like it, it's fine. And I do think there's this weird sub- suburban isolation. I know you live in a suburb. Mm-hmm. Fully I, but listen, I lived I lived in a city too, and I can tell yeah. you right now, when I lived in Center City, Atlanta, I didn't hang out with my neighbors either. But you didn't want to hang out with them, but you weren't, like, scared of them, is what I would say. Which is, I think we're seeing more and more in, in suburbs for whatever uh, reason. I think that depends. Okay. I was in a building that, uh, I think, six months after I left, had two shootings. Oh, good. Uh, so, <laughs> so, it was Are you hurting my point? You're hurting my point. Um, <laughs> I more just mean, I, I think we are, that is a thing, though, of, like, suburban isolation that you're hearing more yeah. and more about. And that mm-hmm. was why. I, I, I definitely think that's true. Especially with true crime. We talked about this, Hannah. Like, there are a lot of women, like, terrified because of true crime and Fucking, act like... What is it? What's that uh, program? The 2020 or 60 Minutes or something? What is... No, 60 Minutes? Not, I don't know. It's not 60 Minutes. There's some, like... I was going to say, 60 Minutes has been around for a very it, long time. Isn't there, like, <laughs> a, like, a show that everybody watches or every, like, mom watches? I have no idea. It's like that murder, like, show. It's real murders. <laughs> yeah, I don't... And they're scared to go to the house. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of podcasts. My a lot favorite of podcasts. murder. Morbid. Yeah. 
I know you listen to it, but I know like some people are letting it like ruin their brains and like they're petrified. I don't know anyone like that. I see it on. Well, you see it on like TikTok. You don't see like the. You don't see these like women preppers. They're like preppers. I've never seen a woman prepper. Anything you see on TikTok, you have to take with a massive grain of salt. Chinese psyop, right? He doesn't even go on TikTok. He has no idea what he's talking about. All right, you know I see it on Twitter from TikTok. Is that worse? Yeah. Twitter. Though. Secondhand information. <laughs> Hold on. It's not called Twitter anymore. Though. Oh, X. X, X. my bad. <laughs> well, Horrible name. We got anything else we want to say about it? Uh, on Wikipedia, it says further illusions have been drawn between the blood test scene and the epidemic of HIV. I saw time. that too. And I was That's wondering, yeah, it, could it be an STD uh, allegory? I, I don't <laughs> think it lends itself that way as much as it does to the other themes, but I think it is a, another possible reading. Interesting. STD. I, I yeah, I did not take that from the movie. I guess I could see the corollary, but I don't, it doesn't I don't feel like love what it. Carpenter would be doing, but I can understand reading it that way. I think it, it, it almost makes people with uh, STD seem evil though, yeah. yes, which is why I don't like, which is, and Carp, I don't think Carpenter would during go that the eighties with, yes, with AIDS epidemics. Yeah. That's a the, real bad That's look. why I think that that's just a – maybe they were trying to invoke that feeling a little bit with the blood testing, but I, I don't think I don't that think would that's be what the they were read. Meaning. Yes. Unlike yeah. with like J.K. Rowling, who very deliberately made her werewolf characters, which are also an allegory for She did? AIDS. Wait, what? Yeah. No. So they are We just should have her on a recent other podcast yeah, too. Yeah, so. they're very much similarly like a metaphor for – HIV and AIDS, except the werewolf character, the main evil werewolf, turns kids for fun. Jesus Christ. So she's, she's the basically worst. basically saying gay people I didn't know that because I read the yeah. books, but I did not realize that yeah. that was... I didn't realize there was any That's like the big reading of that, yeah. I mean, she like, does she have some think. other stuff that definitely is questionable, making like goblins, especially she Jewish sucks. people. Yeah, like, or that like yeah. slaves are happy to be enslaved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> not necessarily. Okay. The, I'm going to go best. and say, I don't think she's doing this shit on purpose. I think she's mm. just really mm. unintelligent. I no, really I think, think that way. She's doubled down so many times on, it's on purpose oh, now. Oh, no, no, no. On her like turf opinions, I do think she yeah, she's definitely doing those on purpose. I'm talking about like the we, the subtext of her books. I think she's just stupid. Like, uh, yeah, but no, maybe it's just a, a subconscious thing. Maybe I think it's that, it, subconscious it, yeah. bias. No, yeah. I could see that because the whole point of the books is like Nazis bad. Yeah. That's so, what I'm saying. Like, so like she's clearly not a total piece of shit. Yeah. But she's She's just a dummass. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's she, she she's sucks. interesting. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's all we could say with that. That's all. No, she sucks <laughs> in my opinion. But yeah. I mean, the turf shit's really gross. I'm just talking about the other yeah. weird shit in her books. This is like you just so dumb. so much weird shit. Yeah. She also just like doesn't understand the naming of the characters too. Shacklebolt. Shacklebolt. Oh, I was going to think the only the only character I can remember Cho is Cho Chang. Yeah, yeah. Which is like that one is pretty. <laughs> I'm saying, is she just and dumb, just or are all British people names. just like this? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking. I don't. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I would say it's a that, meme, guys. Come on. That like there's obviously a you know greater percentage of white people in the UK. Yeah. The UK, yeah. and she's probably not from London. She's probably from somewhere else in England. No which idea. Is even more white. I actually don't know what part of England she's from, so I cannot speak on that. But <laughs> yeah, there's right. a lot in those books that are so problematic in terms of representation. 
But uh, that's a whole other episode. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, you guys whole, are doing a we, we, Harry Potter horror That's episode. a whole the year Prisoner of Azkaban we could definitely do on a horror that episode. Movie? I love that Rocks. movie, too. It's Alfonso, mm-hmm. our boy. All right, let's rate this thing out of 10. I'm having trouble because... I am, too. I think it's a really, really good movie, but it's, like, not one of my favorites. So it's, like, hard to rate something really high when I wouldn't put it in my top five or ten well felipe's been excited to rate it for a while he's been telling me so you can go first on it so i absolutely love this movie it is my favorite horror movie it is definitely in like probably top 20 movies i've ever watched Uh, i'm gonna give it like a (laughs) 7.8 what (laughs) he told me he was gonna do this i mean the the scale thing is sort of ridiculous like 10 would be a perfect movie there's no such thing like a really aggressively great movie that has almost no flaws would be like a nine and a half. And like this movie has flaws, you know, there's, he's there's like the English things. teacher grading your paper. No such thing as a perfect paper. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I've yeah, turned in my, uh, 100%. I've turned into my MEA teacher, math branch analysis. <laughs> I, I was failing that class, or at least I thought I was at a 37. He was like, you have the third best grade in the class. <laughs> so. What the fuck? <laughs> Professors are weird. I have so many problems <laughs> with all of this. Well, I did seven point eight. I so knew I, that's his scale. You know? So it's a seven point eight, but obviously with the curve, it's with 100. the curve. Yeah, <laughs> over hundred. All right, what do you got, Hannah? I'm struggling too. Nine point three. Nine point three. I was gonna give it. I, 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 I like would love to give this movie a ten, but it's not, in mm-hmm. my opinion. I, it's not up there with my my tens. I, it's getting. I think it has to get a nine. It is so like perfect in so many ways um, that I, I can't I can't give it less than a nine. Yeah, so. I feel like it's a nine. And it's 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 talked about the way it's talked about for a reason. Yeah, you know. So it's a good time. Yeah. All right, we about wrap done here. Yay. Happy Felipe, thank you for joining us. Yeah, say whatever you want to say. Me. Oh, do I'm, you want to plug things? Yeah, I have <laughs> nothing to plug, but I do want to persuade you. I'm going to use this time to persuade <gasps> okay, you good. Oh, no. to watch uh, Dale and Tucker versus Evil. <laughs> it's a really funny and good like horror esque movie. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think that you guys should fit that in. It's just a like it's it's a good time for sure, and I think a little bit of an underrated movie. Maybe season three. I don't <laughs> think it's underrated. I've had a lot of people talk to me about it recently. So we have to watch it. God damn. Yeah. Okay, I'm sure it's fine. I don't know why I don't want to, but <laughs> I think it's because I've, I've just been trying to sell it to you for like six uh, months. We'll open the subscriptions and you can pay <laughs> he me to cover even it. brought it up to me. It was so not impressive <laughs> to him. <laughs> yeah. All right, we can argue about it off off air. So all right, I'm done here. I'm Matt Hannah. I'm Hannah. Thanks for joining us, Felipe. This is Horror with the Hannahs. We're out of here. Watch the thing. Thank you for listening to Horror Hour with the Hannahs. Make sure to listen to future episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, or wherever you can find podcasts. You can follow us at Horror Hour with the Hannahs on TikTok and Instagram for more content. If you like the podcast, please follow and leave a review on your favorite podcasting app. Happy hauntings!